Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cent. Now, as you'll know, a congressional committee in Washington, D.C. is still looking into the events of January the 6th when a mob tried to overturn the results of the presidential election. But over the last couple of days, the revelations coming from there have been overshadowed by the legal action taken against the conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Parents of some of the children killed in the Sandy Hook mass killing have been suing Jones for his that the incident was faked. That trial has taken a bizarre turn, one that might also have an effect on the January the 6th hearing. To explain, we're joined by Terry Sheridan, News Director of WSHU Public Radio. Terry, good afternoon to you. And good afternoon to you. Uh, now, I think pe- many people in this country will be familiar with Alex Jones and the kind of stuff he comes out with. Why were uh, the contents of his text messages important in this case? Well, the first, uh, from a legal point of view, it shows that he committed perjury on the stand. He had earlier uh, told the judge in, uh, under oath that he looked for email messages and text messages relating to Sandy Hook on his phone and said he couldn't find any. So what happened was that the attorneys for Alex Jones mistakenly sent two years worth of phone data, uh, about a ton of data, accidentally to the lawyers representing one of the families of a Sandy Hook victim, which showed that that was not true, that not only did he have many, many (laughs) phone and text messages relating to Sandy Hook, but some of the things that he had testified to before in deposition or in this trial uh, were simply not true. Right. Now, and now, what was interesting about that was that the, 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 uh, the lawyer, when he, the lawyer revealed this to Alex Jones in the courtroom, he also pointed out that, that, that Jones's lawyers made no attempt uh, to label those texts as privileged. Is there any explanation as to why they didn't do that? No, I mean, the whole thing with Alex Jones over these trials, now there are three other trials that are going to happen related to what he has said about Sandy Hook, is that this is literally the eighth lawyer he has had. Uh He has fired or the lawyers have walked away from Alex Jones over the past several years. The lawyer, as you if you saw the video, just sat there. Yeah. When he didn't do anything. He sat there cross legs and was tapping a pen. Who knows why? But what happened was they, the, the lawyer for the family did the right thing. He said, hey, you sent this to us. Is this privileged information? The lawyer never responded. They waited 10 days. It could now be in the public domain. That's extraordinary. That is extraordinary. And th- the fact that that revelation was made in the courtroom, did that change Alex Jones's, or subsequently at least, change uh, Alex Jones's attitude towards the Sandy Hook killings? Uh, well, he had been dancing around it during the trial. He did, he did, or I shouldn't say the trial. He had been found guilty before by default. In other words, he, this is a civil case. He didn't answer any of the requests before trial for, to provide every, any evidence, to provide a deposition. So he lost the case. This is just for the penalty of it. So throughout the penalty and throughout his, his, uh, Throughout the penalty phase and throughout his testimony, he was like, yes, you know, I do believe it is real, but, you know, this is my First Amendment right to say what I thought at the time. This is about muzzling me. I didn't really mean any harm to the family, so you can't hold me responsible. It was, you couldn't have, this could have been out of a movie. Mm. You know, he was talking, he's, he's using his bravado. He gets caught with this 
And then he tries to bravado his way out of it, and the judge just slaps him down. Yeah. Now, when when people use that 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 uh, First Amendment argument about free speech, is is that does that mean that because there are laws of defamation in the United States as well? Are they completely ignorant of those laws, or somehow they don't think it doesn't apply to lies? They're completely ignorant about what the First Amendment means and what free speech is. The First Amendment, to get legal for a moment, means no prior restraint. The government cannot come in and stop you from saying something, publishing something, or broadcast something, with two very limited exceptions related, relating to child pornography and, uh, and the media threat to the nation, uh, national defense. Mm. Otherwise, you can say, publish, or broadcast anything you want. However... There are consequences if you slander someone, if you libel someone, if the actual speech that you are making or broadcasting is in some way illegal, whether it's a threat or something. You could be fired for what you say. You could, you know, obviously face domestic situations with family members and friends. So, yes, you have the right to say what you want to say, but there are consequences. So when people say that this is... Uh, trying to deny free speech. No, Alex Jones had the right to say what he said. The families and other people have the right to go after him for slander, defamation, mm. or any other harm. Now, uh, the, the families, as I understand it, are looking for at least $150 million. Uh, his counteroffer seems to be a dollar. Uh, uh, so uh, he's also claiming, or he was at least claiming he was broke. Has there been any significant evidence one way or the other whether that's true or not? Well, he's filed for bankruptcy protection for some of his, one of his companies. He tried to do this personally earlier this year. That was denied. Uh, during the course of this trial or this penalty, he is, his, his, the parent company of InfoWars filed for bankruptcy. But that was one of the things that the judge slapped him down for and said, no, you are lying when he said, I am bankrupt. He is not bankrupt. It's his company that's filed for bankruptcy protection. Again, sounds like you're, you're splitting, you know, a mm. hair over a legal definition. But no, he's not bankrupt. You know, and one of the texts that were released, you know, to the jury was that on one day he made $800,000. That wow. making $100,000 on a day is not out of the ordinary for him. So to say that he is bankrupt is inaccurate. To say that he is could be hurting <laughs> is accurate. Uh, now, he, he did make an appearance uh, and in front of the, the January the 6th committee, during which, as I understand it, he didn't say very much. But the fact that these uh, all these text messages and emails are now in the public domain uh, might have an effect upon all that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is... This is bad news because, number one, he could criminally be liable for perjury in this specific case. When he appeared before the January 6th commission, he took the first, uh, the Fifth Amendment, which protects against self-incrimination, over a 100 times. He did speak at the rally before the January 6th insurrection. Now that these emails and texts are out and in the public domain, the January 6th committee has indicated that they will file a subpoena to get them because they want to know what his coordination was with the president uh, at the time, Donald Trump, or with members of his administration. And whether this, to see whether how pre-planned everything was or if there's anything to, uh, anything that is re relevant to the investigation. Mm. So they could call them back again, could they? They could call him back, or more importantly, the Department of Justice 
could call him back, and the Department of Justice could file criminal charges against him. The January 6th Congressional Committee is just an investigative committee. They have no power to actually charge anybody, but they can refer the case to the Department of Justice. In this civil case, uh, when is it thought likely that uh, they may come to a conclusion about damages? It could, it could happen today. Uh, it's in the jury's hand on this specific case. This is only one parent uh, or one group of parents, uh, two parents who have sued over, their, over their, their son. There are four other cases, in, excuse me, three other cases involving 10 other parents that Alex Jones still has to face that are independent of this case. My word. Terry, thanks very much for speaking with us today. That was Terry Sheridan there, News Director of WSHU Public Radio. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, monkeypox in Ireland. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.